Serena. And welcome back to another Saga podcast where we cover Star Wars Unlimited from the ground and up into space. I'm Mr. Ben, and today I'm joined by Banana Crapshoot. Hey, how's it going, Mr. Ben? How are you? I'm doing great, and we got a bunch of cards to talk about, and I couldn't be more excited to get to them. I just wanted to real quick, um, we're missing Dan tonight, uh, dealing with some family stuff, so we wish him well, and uh, hopefully he's back with us the next time we record. Well, family over cards, as always. As much as I love games, have to prioritize family, so can't can't shame a man for that. Nope, not at all. Family first. So, uh, do we want to... Do you have a particular order that we want to handle these spoilers today? Or I guess we shouldn't call them spoilers. That's like old school, right? We, we call them preview cards now. Yeah, that's right. We call them uh, card previews. That's correct. Uh, so, the plan for today is we're going to do... We're going to give our, you know, hot take analysis on these uh, community cards that have been shared uh, from Fantasy Flight Games through content creators. So this is the Restored Arc 170. This is a space unit. It costs two. It's affiliated to Blue and Hero Team. It's a 2-3 with Restore 1, uh, which means whenever this unit is part of a declared attack, you're going to heal your base for one damage. Uh, do you have any initial thoughts about this banana? I think that the, from what we've seen of vigilance and heroism aspected cards, that this seems to fit that mold of the other cards we've seen, right? Like uh, Yoda, which we're going to look at later, does a similar thing. This is um, kind of like the space Yoda unit. Um, they said that FFG said on their latest live stream that space cards are not as efficient for their cost as ground units and i think you can kind of see that with with this version um but i think for two resources having this as a possible first action play is, is pretty good sets you up um to handle some rush into yourself because you have restore one from turn one i feel like this unit is going to have to find its value in its stats. We don't have a full scope of what all the different cards look like, so it's still a little bit of guesswork in terms of how good a particular unit's stats are overall. But I can't see Restore 1 being a power that's strong enough that that's the reason you put this thing in your deck. I think if you're playing this card, the reason it's there is because you want the 2-3 uh, or you want something uh, that you can recruit to the space side of the board. So is 2-3 going to be good enough? It it seems okay to me, but we just don't know at this point. I mean, the 2-3 is the, the same stat line as the generic Alliance X-Wing, which is just a heroism uh, aspect unit, and it has no card text. Mm -hmm. So this one for the same cost, but needing the Vigilance uh, aspect or paying the extra for it gives you the restore one. So that's the only difference between this and the Alliance X-Wing is the having the vigilance aspect and having restore one. So, I mean, it is so, better than an X-Wing if you're, if you're building a vigilance heroism deck. But almost like barely. Barely. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts on that or do you want to move on in the next one? Now nah, we can move on. It's it's a pretty simple card. Uh, I don't think Restore is going to be that impactful of a power. Uh, so again, I it, it's going to be you're playing this for the stats. I think probably. Yeah, and that's something interesting that we could we could probably dive into at some point too. Is because from what we've seen on a bunch of these units is they're lower power numbers, right? Like the only thing I think that goes above. Like um, a three, I don't think anything goes above a three that's on a unit other than like Vader when he deploys. 
but a normal unit that you can deploy it, we haven't seen anything that goes above a three. So overall, it appears that the attack power values on a bunch of these units is going to be small or smaller. So we'll have to, that's just something else to keep in mind. Uh, it does make it seem like it's going to be more of a cost curve that's going to be familiar to like Hearthstone as opposed to some of the other TCGs where the curve kind of jumps up a little bit faster and those numbers get a little bit bigger. It, it does, I'm getting the vibe that a lot of these units, they're kind of keeping a lid on overall how much stats you're going to be putting out to the board. And it seems to be kind of a lower impact level than some other games, which again, is kind of reminiscent of Hearthstone to me. Yeah. And this uh, restored arc was previewed by iRebel, um, Star Wars Unlimited podcast. So as we go through these, I'll try to name the uh, content creators. I hear that, that podcast has a an extremely cool guest coming up here soon. Yeah, so I uh, was a guest on iRebel, and that episode, I, don't know, I think maybe next week or the following week, should be out. I'm not sure how far um, it takes them. I'm not how, I'm not sure how far uh, like behind they are from recording to publishing, but they had an sure. episode today with uh, Mike Jim Bobby Sapphire, who was um, a member of a Hyperloops, which is a really good Star Wars Destiny competitive team. Like they won every as a team every uh, North American Championship and top aided like worlds and like nationals and everything all the time. So having him on there for the episode they put out today was um i listened to it over like lunch and it was uh definitely worth listening to if you so choose um all right we'll move on to the next one uh so this is a one cost of vigilance event one aspect like i said just vigilance uh, traded supply and the cartex reads heal three damage from a base or unit. And I believe this was revealed by main deck games. So what are your thoughts on this one? I, it, I just don't think healing is good enough. Generally speaking, uh, it doesn't win you the game. All it does is like hold off your opponent from losing. Uh, now I'm aware in order to win, you also have to be alive. So I'm not saying healing has no value ever, but generally speaking, in order for me to want to put healing cards into my deck and, and devote those card slots to staying alive rather than to killing my opponent, I'm going to want to see some kind of synergy. I'm going to want to see like units that say, when you heal something, deal a damage or, or some kind of like added bonus. This card in a vacuum, pay one to heal three. I don't have a lot of time for this. I'm not super impressed. So I think in I think in set one when we have a very limited card pool, this might see some play in some decks as like uh I have a spot, you know, for a couple cheap cards. Um if you're playing like a control long game type of deck to hold off a round or two till you can, you know, turn your win condition on. The other place I see this that I think is worth talking about when we're going over these is same thing with the arc I probably should have mentioned is um, like in draft and sealed I think a one cost vigilance event um, to heal three damage from a unit or base could be really impactful in a draft or sealed um, environment I, I'll agree with you in draft and sealed this could be sort of like a, a poor man's shield card or mm -hmm. uh, trying to take a, a not great unit and just stretch it that one extra turn because you couldn't it, like in constructed you have a lot more control over the quality of each individual card in your deck and sealed yep. and limited that calculus changes a bit so i totally agree that in those environments i could see this scene play uh, in my constructed deck unless there's some kind of healing synergy that exists within the game I, I'm moving on to the next card. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I agree 100%. I just think with, with what FFG's kind of said that they've kept draft and sealed and limited in mind from the get-go, which was not the case with Destiny. It was an afterthought that some of these cards that are filling out the card pool might be more... Some of these might be designed, you know, not to see constructed play and 
to be more of a drafter limited um, type thing. So that's just why I wanted to mention it, I guess. Uh, All right. If you're good, we can move on to the next one. I don't think. Absolutely. All right. Okay. Now, I was a little lukewarm on the first card. I was kind of down on on that last card. This card I like a lot. I really like Surprise Strike. So this is a two-cost yellow tactic that's going to allow you to attack with the unit, and it will get plus three for that attack. Just to clarify, in order to attack with a unit, it has to be a legal attacker. So you cannot target an exhausted unit with this. It has to be something that you could have declared as an attack independent without this. But a plus three buff is a big number. Given the things that we know about uh, the character curve so far, which admittedly is not everything, it's arguably not even that much, but what we do know, plus three is almost for sure going to reach at least one drop up the curve, and depending upon the card characters and, or the units in specific, it could reach maybe even two uh, drop slots up the curve. So this seems like exactly the kind of plot twist, uh, sorry, tactic that I want to see in my games, I'm really excited about this card. I think this is going to have a home in your constructed decks. I think this is going to be a bomb that you're excited. I mean, this is a common card, and I think you're going to be stoked when you see this in Sealed and Limited. Uh, what do you think, Banana? Yeah, I think this card's really good. I mean, it's 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 one aspect is cunning, so it's going to be easier to play um, without paying a penalty. You can slot it in a bunch of places. Um, I like that it's flexible enough that you can also hit the base with it and not, it doesn't say, you know, attack a unit, right? So just as attack with a unit. So you can attack any target with it to get the plus three. So I think the flexibility of hitting a unit or a base, uh, just pushes it even more. And that plus three, um, is what I want to say. It's almost as good as another card we're going to look at today like that gives you that just straight up deals four damage to a unit for three this for Mm -hmm. two gives you plus three and that's that's even better value um i think than a three for four now that's just a straight like damage out of hand this requires you to actually exhaust a unit but if there's a unit that has other like on attack effects or something that can trigger you know you could compound actions kind of with this because you're buffing unit and getting an attack so you it's like i think there's more value here than than just what it appears is on the text from an action economy standpoint as well i would go so far as to say and i don't know 100 percent that this is going to be the dynamic but going back to another game that i used to play argent saga you would have your main faction was determined by your leader, which, well, it was called a champion in that game, but leaders in this game. And then you had a spirit or in Star Wars Unlimited terms, we have this base. So I could see somebody being like, oh, I'm on vigilance, but I'm going to run a base that's yellow just so I can splash a few cunning cards in to help shore up stuff. I think this is the kind of card, that's a very long way of saying, I think this is the kind of card that you splash in. Like if you're a deck that's on something and you're just running a splash of yellow, these are exactly the kind of cards that fulfill that kind of staple role. Like you want combat tricks. You want the way to push past unexpected defensive speed bumps that your opponent's throwing out. And at two mm-hmm. costs, this is, it's just so cheap. Like I have nothing but good things to say about this card. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point that it just, this gives you a reason to splash that cunning aspect um, I'm interested to see what else, because like this is the first cunning card we've really seen. I'm interested to see what the rest of that design space looks like and what other tricks and tactics we might have access to. Uh, I think we will move on to the next one. Oh, and the surprise strike was revealed by Unplayable. Uh, So next up, we have Director Krennic. We'll take a look at his leader side first. Um, He's a Vigilance and Villainy aspected leader. uh, Traits of Imperial and Official. And his 
uh, passive ability is each friendly damage unit gets plus one plus zero. And then his epic action triggers at five resources. You can deploy him and then he becomes a two seven. Uh, so that's a two power, uh, seven health unit, ground unit with restore two. So when he attacks, he heals two damage from your base and he keeps that um, passive ability where each friendly damage unit gets plus one power. So what are your thoughts on this one? Well, I'm back to being a little bit negative. Uh, the stat line's not super impressive. Uh, he levels up on, or can become deployed as early as turn five, or five resources. The friendly units getting plus one attack when they're damaged. I get that we've seen kind of a trend within the vigilance aspect of having big butts and small attacks. So maybe this is a way of trying to balance that out a little bit. But generally speaking, I'm not a huge fan of powers that ask me to do bad things to my own cards. So I don't really want to be damaged. Uh, and especially in a game with like shields flying around and stuff, it makes it sort of weird to navigate that hit point economy on your characters. Uh, restore to, I've kind of already said that I'm not super impressed with healing effects unless hypothetically there's some kind of like extra synergy. So overall, he's a card, but there's not a lot here that's getting me excited. What are your thoughts? So I, there is um, a keyword that we saw in the on the back of the quick start rules called grit, which gives units that are damaged like plus one power for each damage they have or something like that. So I think if you're building a deck around that grit keyword, having him as your leader to push them even further, right? I think that's where he maybe fits. Um, but I, okay. But I, like, I don't think he's that great, but I think he could have a spot just based on that keyword we've seen. Um, I do like your idea of double dipping on grit. And if all your damage characters are now plus two attack, well, that's like twice as much as plus one, right? Yeah. So I think I think he could maybe have a spot depending on... I mean, we haven't seen any actual cards with the grit keyword. Um, so I think I need to see more before I can make a final judgment, but I'm not as high on him as like other cards we're looking at tonight. Uh, all right, so I think you're up for this one now. Oh, and this is a good one. Uh, open fire. So this is a three cost event in the red faction, just straight up deal four damage to a unit. Uh, the obvious drawback on this card is that it can't go face. Your opponent could be at four health and you can't finish them off with this card, whereas the last kind of damage buff-esque card we looked at, Surprise Strike, could potentially go face, or go base, I suppose I should start saying. Uh, I love these kinds of cards. I love nice, clean, easy removals. This isn't limited to non-leaders. This isn't limited to space units. This is just pay your three and then kill a thing dead. It's a bread and butter card. This is gonna probably see playing constructed, Definitely see play and sealed and limited, in my opinion. I don't know. Do you have anything bad to say about this card, Banana? No. Just, no. I'm not crazy about the artwork on this one. Uh, this is probably one of the less impressive artworks artwork we've seen on Star Wars Unlimited cards at this point. That's really the only uh, bad thing I would have to say. It's just a generally, I think, good-looking event. Um, I, I kind of wish all the Stormtroopers were opening fire given that the card's called open fire <laughs> yeah yeah well, maybe, i mean they're all they all shot once and he's he's late to the party i guess um i guess i guess i will say the one bad thing or about this card is that it's making me reconsider how excited i am about that who's your daddy card because if if dealing four damage for three cost is par if that if that's like the expected return uh that makes the seven damage on the, or it's not called Who's Your Daddy? It's I Am Your Father. Sorry. Uh, that I makes the seven damage part of I Am Your Father look less good. I'm less excited about it than I was prior to seeing this card. And I, I liked the idea of that card, but 
ultimately I may end up being wrong for how, how stoked I was about that one. I think the, the father's day reveal and the theme of that card is enough to get anybody excited. Um, <laughs> but I think that, I think you play that knowing you're probably getting the draw every time anyway. Right. Um, sure. But this card, so the, the four damage is an interesting number because of the cards that have been revealed at this part, there's only one non-leader uh, that we have seen that has more than four printed health. Um, and that's that Consular Security Force. It's like a 2-7 um, Vigilance Unit, I think it is. Uh, it's a 3-7, 4 cost Heroism Vigilance Unit. No card, no game text other than, you know, it just has three power and seven health. But other than that, every other unit we've seen is four or less health. So this card just, as far as we know, deletes almost everything um, that's not a leader. All the leaders have, have more than four health. Yeah, pay three, kill a thing feels pretty good. I, I have to anticipate higher up on the curve, there's going to be things that aren't going to be killable by three cost spells, tactics. But it's still, I mean, if this is a solid spot removal for halfway up the curve, two-thirds of the way up the curve, I, I don't think you can go wrong. I, again, I mentioned this with Surprise Strike. This could be the kind of card that you run an aggression base just so you can splash this kind of removal into your deck. Yeah, I agree with that. It makes me excited to see more of the card pool, too. You know, like, what else is there? Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm dying to see more of the card pool. <laughs> And this was just uh, previewed today by Golden Dice Podcast. Uh, yeah. So that's it for the community spoilers. Now we're going to go over a couple of the cards that have been revealed in like uh, the quick start guide or the quick start rules and other things that we haven't really touched on yet. Um, so first up is going to be Yoda, the old master. Um, he's a three cost ground unit, vigilance, heroism aspects. Two power, four health, has force and Jedi traits, has the restore two keyword, and has a one defeated ability that allows you to choose any number of players and they each draw a card. So what do you think about Yoda? I think his card art looks a little like off theme. I can't put my finger exactly on it, but it doesn't fit the kind of Star Wars Unlimited uh, art style as well as some of the other cards. And I'm not sure why that is, but that's the first thing that jumps out to me about this guy is it's like, oh, was, am I sure this is unlimited art? W with regard to the stuff that actually matters, the way the card functions, uh, Restore 2 is definitely better than Restore 1. Same stuff about healing. I'm not sure that it's going to be worth it, but I do like his win defeated text. Now this could just say draw a card, but I like that what it says is choose any number of players. So that's built right into the, the game that you could use this to help out a teammate if there's like 2v2, or maybe you could use this to, if they eventually give us like a mill condition, like a card that says if your opponent doesn't have any cards in their deck, and they're told to draw, they lose, something like that. So there, there's some future proofing in the design space on his win defeated text. And it's those little, instead of just saying draw a card, having this extra line of text that gives it this utility in potentially other game formats or, or future game mechanics. That's something I really like to see here. Even if the effect itself isn't that strong, uh, I, I do really like the attention to detail. Yeah, I think the that was going to be my point on this card too, is that the, the way it's wrote to choose any number of players, right? You know, um, like there's going to be multiplayer, right? They wouldn't have that if there wasn't some sort of multiplayer or boss battle or something format for this to, to really matter. And as far as the mill goes, I mean, it has like the, the Hearthstone fatigue, right? Where if your deck's empty, you take, three damage. But, I guess that's true. But we haven't seen any cards that really mill. So I don't know if you, if like we can plan on that yet. Um, as like this being one of the, the tricks used to make your opponent draw cards uh, faster, but 
I think he's all right. I think, I mean, he's Yoda. He's cool. I think the the most exciting part is to choose any number of players, like you said, that just, you know, shows you the future design space and the formats. Yeah, it's got a, like a present under the tree feeling, like, like a, a promise of what the future holds uh, in the specific choices of language that they use there when that could be so much like simpler, just draw a card. Uh, and I, and I like that a lot. All right. I think we'll move on to the next one. Um, take it away. So this is a one cost ground unit aggression affiliated. He's a three, one with no text. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this banana? Um, I hope you draw it in your opening hand that's a Death Star Stormtrooper. Um, I hope you draw it in your opening hand and you get an attack out of it because it's not sticking around for anything. But I mean, for one, one resource, three damage, right? That's, that's good if you can get it to swing. If it don't swing and then. I mean, I think, I think, right, if, if this is going to be, I think this is probably, we can agree, is going to be in the Vader starter, right? So if you can turn one, play Vader, and then the next action, you can use the Vader ability to use your other resource to ping a unit, ping the base. Like you can, right, this sets up Vader plays, or I think those cheap uh, villainy units, you're, you're going to want to have a bunch of them in a Vader deck so you, you can trigger his action on his uh, leader side. So I think this fits in with that. Uh, the three power is nice, but uh, I hope you get this early and your opponent doesn't have anything to answer it because it's not sticking around. Yeah, I have a really hard time seeing this card getting many attacks. Like Even if you play this on turn one, I, if your opponent has literally anything, they're probably going to try to clear this. I, I guess I shouldn't say never. There's certainly going to be times where you play this on one and you get like one attack out of it. Um, you're going to play it by necessity as a curve filler in limited formats, almost certainly. Uh, I, I agree with your analysis of it having that Darth Vader synergy, but uh, this doesn't strike me as the world's best one drop. I, I'm pretty lukewarm on this guy. Yeah, it's fair enough. No reason to think he's awesome, right? <laughs> so, um... Yeah. I mean, it's, it could be like a curve filler. Like, it does have the Imperial tag, so, so a card like Tarkin could pull it. And if there's maybe other Imperial cards that give all Imperial units plus one defense or a shield when they come into play, like, there could be other synergies that make this card look a lot better in the right deck. But by itself, I... I, in draft, I'll probably pass this to the next guy and hope I get a better one drop. I don't know. I'm not very impressed. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Next up, we have the Ty Allen Fighter. is a one-cost villainy space unit. Two power, one health, no game text, Imperial Vehicle Fighter traits. Thoughts on this one? <laughs> kind of the same as as the last one uh the fact that this doesn't require you to have a particular faction and only needs villainy gives it just like slightly more like flexibility in maybe a limited environment uh i certainly don't think you ever want to have to pay the penalty on the the death star trooper that we just looked at and with the tie you probably never have to pay a penalty like i don't think this goes in your deck if you don't have the villainy tag on anything Two one, so it's a space unit. Uh, yeah, it feels like this is almost the same as the card we just looked at, except it's in the air rather than on the ground. Right. Um. I think so. The two the two power is tied with like the uh, X wings and the arc one seventy. They all have the the two to attack power. The only unit that has more attack power in space we've seen at this point is the Imperial Interceptor. 
Um, so for one cost, right? So, so if you're paying two for an arc and you're getting two attack, or you're paying two for an Alliance X-Wing, and you're getting two attack. Getting two attack for one is a better value. Um, I think in constructed, this probably doesn't see a whole lot of play, but I can see limited draft sealed um, where we know they're going to have more ground units than space units. They said that uh, in the live stream is when someone asked, you know, how do you keep someone from going all space or all ground and kind of playing past each other? That a way to get away from that is there's more ground units than space units and the ground units are more efficient and more impactful. So um, being able to have possibly an avenue in draft and sealed where your opponent can't interact much directly, but has to rely on um, like unit abilities and cards out of hand, like direct damage to deal with space units. I think uh, this will be stronger in those formats where there's possible less interaction in the space arena. And those are the formats where you're going to rely on curve filler type cards a bit more. In, yeah. I mean, in constructed, you go and you get whatever the best card is for your curve, full stop. But in limited, like sealed and draft, you're not going to have that option. It's probably more likely to see play there. This, to me, just just screams like a limited format card. Like this is in packs to make limited formats work. This is not in packs for your constructed decks. Unless I'm wrong and they have some kind of like synergy card that gives all cards with no abilities plus three plus three. Like, okay, well then maybe in that niche niche deck, then this could be could be a bomb. Someone's been playing high evolutionary Marvel Snap deck yeah. recently. <laughs> I can see. I, I am thinking of Marvel Snap when I'm thinking giving all the cards with no abilities mm. buffs, yes. <laughs> Patriot and high evolutionary, I see. Um all right, so we will move on to the next one. Take it away. All right, so the Cell Block Guard is a three cost, three, three ground unit, only villain affiliated with the Sentinel keyword. Uh, I really like three cost, three, three. That to me seems like a totally fair stat block. And then you throw Sentinel on top of it and I'm even happier with it. I think this is just a very solid three drop. If you're on Villainy, you're gonna be really happy if you need this in your curve in a limited environment. And this may, depending upon how many Sentinel options we have in whatever faction you're working with, because your leader won't just have Villainy, it'll be Villainy plus Cunning or Villainy plus Aggression. And maybe if you're in a faction that doesn't have a lot of Sentinel, this could even maybe make a slot in your constructed deck but i definitely think this one's going to be a banger in limited formats what are your thoughts banana but uh everything's perfectly all right now we're fine we're all fine here now thank you how are you uh i like this one um so like as we know the win condition is to destroy your opponent's base and since your opponent can choose where their attacks go the only way we can uh, protect our base at this point that we know of is the sentinel keyword right so having more access to sentinel to have ways to protect your base um other than you know just direct board control other board control options right with cards out of hand to deal direct damage or your own units trading with your opponent um, sentinel is the only way to protect our base so i think every deck is probably going to want somewhere in their curve a sentinel unit um just for some sort of protection for their base and i think right we've seen a sentinel vigilance unit and i think that's it right so the, we've only seen two cards with sentinel um this one in right. that in that cloud city dude um so the cloud city one was a i think a two four for three and this is a three three for three so i mean he gets one less health but i think that one more attack power could be more impactful right like generally i think since our attack numbers seem to be lower that attack power is going to be more value than one health right so um i mean it 
it depends a little bit what role you want the card to play. If the purpose of the card in your deck is that you want that Sentinel keyword, then the extra health might be better because the role he serves is getting in the opponent's way. On the other hand, cell block guard is more likely to eat the unit that your opponent has to crash into it. So right. I, I can see good arguments either direction on that one. And I think with it being villainy really opens it up like just straight villainy opens it up for um, constructed. I mean, we have to obviously, like we were saying a hundred times, we have to see more of the cards. We've seen like 5% of the card pool. Um, but from what we've seen, I feel like this uh, card will see play in constructed decks with villainy leaders um, as a way to try to protect their base. It's also worth pointing out, Sentinel doesn't just protect the base. It also protects other utility characters that you might have. A glass cannon, like that Death Star Trooper we looked at a couple mm -hmm. cards ago, you play the Cell Block Guard out the same turn you put out that 3-1, that, uh, and now all of a sudden maybe that one drop does survive a turn and gets to put three damage into the base because the Cell Block Guard was there protecting him. So while I think the primary purpose of Sentinel is your like you said before, going to be defending the base, staying alive. Uh, it's worth thinking about that unit or the, that power also through the lens of how do I keep other characters alive or maybe force my opponent to allow like a nasty attacker to survive that first turn to get that swing in and actually get value out of that card. So there's certainly going to be use cases uh, for Sentinel, both in terms of board control as well as just trying to like not lose the game. Right, I guess also, right, it protects your leader the round you deploy it if you have a Sentinel unit out. Um, like you deploy Vader and you want to you have your Saber in hand and you want to play Vader Saber on him. It's a little more riskier if they have like a maximum firepower in hand and units on board to, to, to wipe him if you have a Sentinel. Well, I guess even with Sentinel, you could still maximum firepower to get around it, right? Cause yeah. you're not attacking. Um, so maybe that's a bad example, but what I'm you, I think you get what I'm trying to say. You, it's a way to protect your Vader uh, for an action so you can get the attack in. On yeah, top it'll protect him from the board. Yeah. Might not protect him from spells deployed from hand, but that's that's why we need shields on our Vader. See, we're, we're going to get there. Yeah, so we need shields. We need Sentinel. Yeah. And a lightsaber. And a lightsaber and a probe droid. So... We'll get there. Um, yeah, hard mulligan for the pro droid. We covered that last episode. <laughs> big time hard mulligan. Um, next up we have... I think this will be the last card we look at. Um, the Alliance X-Wing. It's a two-cost heroism unit. No uh, card ability. Came text. Just two power, three health. So vanilla heroism... Space unit. It's fine. It's fine, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe it will turn out that these blank units act as kind of the, the bar, the standard. So in order for a two drop to be worth looking at, if you are going to play it because of stats, it has to at least hit two, three in space because that's what this basic sort of setting the bottom of, the, of what uh, two cost stats can be on a card. And if that's the case, I do sort of like this from the perspective of it tells us, it gives us better tools to analyze other cards that come out. This card itself, there's not a lot to say about it. Um, but if we assume that this is informative, it's going to make our analysis of other space units going forward just a little bit more accurate because we know kind of what the floor is to expect out of a two drop. Right. That's fair. Um, I guess I'll ask you what, what card previewed to this point, are you most excited to like open up in a pack and get on the table? Well, there's certainly something exciting about putting like a Darth Vader's lightsaber onto Darth Vader. Like there, there's theme moments like that, that I think sound really fun, but out of all the cards we've looked at so far, 
I really am looking forward to giving my opponent the choice that's printed on I am your father. Now, I know, I know, technically giving your opponent choices is almost always the wrong thing to do. It's almost always bad. But I just can't wait to play you that card and be like, who's your daddy? <laughs> so is it going to end up being good? I don't know. The jury's still a little bit out on that one. But that's probably the card I'm most excited to get to the table. What about you, man? What are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to my opponent playing their ARC 170, right? Thinking, oh, I got a chief space unit. I'm going to keep my stuff alive. And then I play an Imperial Interceptor and blow it up. And then... Uh, <laughs> okay, that's cool. Yeah. I like that line. Space Arena, Ground Arena. Got to preview that. So that's the one I'm excited for. And it's still my favorite art that we've seen so far. So I agree with that. You have the correct take. I should have said what you said. That's all right, man. We, we Right? So we're... Uh, I, think, I think your answer was the correct kitchen table answer, right? You're playing with your kid and you're like... For you, wit, I am That's your gonna father, be even more right? Fun. Right? For me, it's like Gable, I am your father's pick, right? That'll be fun. Uh, so I think your answer is completely valid. Um, so on the reverse side of that, which which card uh, are you least excited, or you think will just end up staying in the binder of like the content creator uh, previews? Well, it's really easy to pick one of the, the vanilla cards, like one of the cards with no text and be like, oh, that one's not going to see play. But that's not very interesting. So I'm, I'm going to try to pick them. I'm going to say, I think that Tarkin uh, in that first batch of cards that we got, I, I called him out as being too slow before. I still kind of think he's probably too slow. So that's where I'm going to plant my flag. I think out of the cards we've seen so far, Tarkin is going to be the stinker. How about you? Mm hmm. I think you're my only hope, which I think was in that same first batch, right? Is that three cost event that lets you yeah. look at the top card of your deck. You can play it and it costs less, right? And if your base is like super low, you can play it for free. Yeah, uh, if you've almost lost the game, you get a free card. Right. And I mean, I guess paying three and you get to play something for five less. So I guess, I guess if we get like, uh, you know, like a, seven cost Admiral Akbar that like exhausts all your opponent's stuff because he caught him in a trap then uh <laughs> like that I guess but then you're like you're relying on top decking right like relying on top decking is generally never a bad uh or generally never a good idea if you are relying on a top deck you're probably losing anyway so um I think you're my only hope is probably always gonna that'll be the card I can see in the future where like I need, I have, I'm trying to build like three or four decks and I only have so many, like one or two play sets of cards. So I'm like writing on Sharpie on front of it, the card name uh, for going to locals. Right. So I don't have to keep swapping cards between decks, you know, that's what you're my only hope. The list of proxies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think I'm actually like even more down on you're my only hope than when we first looked at it uh because now I, I know like as i learn more of the card pool i'm less excited for that card yeah i think that's probably where most of the community's at with it um well now that we know base health is 30 you yeah. know when we first saw that card i think we were speculating well base health might be really low we don't know but yeah it needs you to be like dead to have the good mode on it so yeah yeah which um of the f of the four leaders we've seen uh which are you most excited to play not krennic definitely leia leia <laughs> like it's leia luke and vader are kind of like tied in the middle i think they both they're fine uh krennic i think is probably not going to speak to my play style although you calling out double dipping on grit has me reconsidering that just a little bit but leia is the one that i'm like pumped to sleeve up and actually play with. Uh, what about you? I think it's Vader for me. Like, like Vader, Vader, when you, when you deploy Vader, right? Like you deploy him to win the game, right? He becomes your boss monster. I feel like Leia is going to be like swarmy action, 
economy getting extra hits in with like smaller dudes and like Luke is going to be like more of like a control um long game leader and then but like Vader I feel like he's going to be like more mid-range with some some aggro splash but I feel like he becomes your boss monster unit that you win the game with right and that just I feel like I'm picturing in my head that's going to feel like Vader at the end of Rogue One you know um, where he, you know, just deploys to the hallway and then, you know, turns on his lightsaber and does four damage to all those dudes in the hallway and just lays waste, right? So you're making a very good case for <laughs> Vader being the correct answer to this question, man. <laughs> now, is that because you like Vader as a character, or does the play pattern speak to you? What is it that makes you pumped for that guy? I, so for me, if you would ask me. Name a character from Star Wars. Darth Vader is always the first one that's going to come to mind. I feel like he's the most iconic, even more than right. Like the the first six movies are the story of Darth Vader, right? So he is Mm -hmm. Star Wars to me. So um, I think that's why. Like I would say, I I guess I don't know who my favorite Star Wars character is really, but Vader's definitely up there, right? Just that whole thing. So. Um, well, now I think we've stumbled on an interesting question. You only get to pick one. Which, uh, which one do you pick? Which one's your favorite? Favorite Star Wars character, like overall? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, a really hard question, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And I don't know that I can answer it. Um, Max Rebo, not Max Rebo. Um, Kane and Jarrus would be up there. Darth Vader would be up there. Maul would be up there. Um, not, you know, formerly Darth, but now just small. Um, I think those three would probably be in my top three. I think Andor is probably in my top of my not joking around list. Max Revo is definitely at the top of my, my joking around list. The top of my joking like, yeah, around Yeah, probably list. Andor, probably Han. I think what I'm realizing is a lot of the Star Wars characters that resonate with me I mean, Batman is my favorite superhero. So a lot of the Star Wars characters that I like are not the magic users, not not the space wizards. It's the the scum and villainy types that are trying to like navigate around these much more powerful forces and yet still get their, you know, scum and villainy going on. Yeah. Hmm. Max Rebo. I think, what do you think a Max Rebo leader <laughs> looks like in, in Star Wars? I'm ready. <laughs> Um, so he has to be played with, uh, the Jabba's barge base. First of all, assuming that exists. Uh, I, I like the idea of trying to use him. Have we talked about this on the show before? I might've just talked about this like generally, but I like the idea of him being kind of like a bard character. So he would sort of use his music to like exhaust other characters or make it so that they can't attack that turn or, or something like that. Like maybe not direct combat, but being annoying to your opponents in, in a somehow musically related way. Uh, that would be maybe they drop all their equipment or some kind of like disruption type stuff rather than direct conflict is the way I would design such a card. I wonder, I'm sure there's a Max Rebo card from like the old CCG. And I'm wondering like what that card design was because it probably had like uh, some sort of math equation or something to like, so have you ever messed with the Decipher CCG at all? The only game I played from Decipher was uh, Fight Club. So no, I have not played. And there is a Max Rebo card. So you you also need okay. So we'll talk about the Max Rebo card, um, and then do you want to share so, the Discord so I can see it, or like or share the sure, link here, in Discord so I can it. open it up, and then we can share this it. This whole thing went like a super weird direction, didn't it? <laughs> That's fine. It'll I was be... not expecting this. <laughs> so this the decipher so, CCG had some wild. Like if you didn't have a calculator, I don't know what with... to make of this card, man. <laughs> okay, so he is the leader of the Max Rebo band. 
Uh, he has plus two power while he's on Hoth. And if he's at the same site as another one of your musicians, you may pay, play Bith Shuffle a Force card to drain it. I don't know what any of these words mean, man. To and all your it. other. Yeah, this is very complicated. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, so. So. Why does he have plus two if he's on Hoth? Like, yeah, I don't get that either. You <laughs> may play Bith Shuffle to cancel a force train on adjacent site. While at audience chamber, all your other musicians are to play minus one and fourth or plus three. I don't know what any of this means either, but it's good to know that this card <laughs> okay, exists. Okay, well, this was kind of a conversational dead end then. <laughs> yeah. So we know from this design, if we would translate that into Star Wars Unlimited, that... Um, He's more powerful on a base on Hoth, right? And uh, it is other funny that I keyed on the idea, but yeah. I said he would have to be on Java's barge. Yeah, and apparently he's supposed to be on Hoth instead. <laughs> but if you, so, if I'm reading this, it's like uh, you may play Bith Shuffle to cancel a force drain adjacent site. So there is some sort of disruption there where you're canceling an effect that's canceling something. And buffing your other musicians. So, buffing your other musicians and uh, messing with your opponent. I feel like you were, you were well on your way. I was, um, yeah, I was pretty close. He's kind of like a bard. I, I, okay. So, while we're on this tangent um, that we're never going to recover from, there is a just so you can kind of understand. Um, All right, you seeing this thing? So, oh man, this is Brainiac. Okay, his like thing in the upper right corner, like his cost or his power is pi, hmm. whatever that number is, right? And then his three point one four, and then his but his stuff on the bottom left is y and x, and then there's an equation you have to do to figure out. And people actually played this game. I shouldn't say that. That's rude. I'm sure there's lots of cool things about this game, but this is ridiculous. You, can you imagine having to do this like at an event, right? So this probably wasn't like a serious card, though, right? Like this, I have this no was idea. probably like a meme. Like I was like eight years for... old. Like I never actually <laughs> played this game. I just have a bunch of the cards because I was like eight years old. You give me this brainiac card at eight years old and expect me to figure this shit out, right? Like that's not happening. So. So this does seem obnoxious, but like we both play versus two PCG and there are mm -hmm. some cards in that, that if, if you like just stumble into the game and you're required to like draw a second set of cards or this, this character can go join into another game being played somewhere else in the room. If you know what it's about, you know that it's like, okay, it just removes the card from the game and all that other text is just kind of like flavor text. So I wonder if this guy with this weird math equation if there's like a simple way to like play that card and the, and it's more like flavor text uh, disguised as a mechanic, like that might be the case. I mean, I would rather have to manage a card in the game that knows they're a card in the game and they have their own hand and resource row, right. And their own play area or my own pocket dimensions on the board than have to bring, uh, a Texas Instruments TI-84 <laughs> graphing calculator just to figure out anything on the card, right? So, And, um, and you actually needed one back when this guy was printed. You know, now yeah. you've got the TI-80 app on your phone. But back in the day, like, if there wasn't the, enough light to get those solar cells going... <laughs> you needed the big brick, right? So, yeah. Um <laughs> Well, this show went a weird direction, man. <laughs> it did. So we'll, we'll try to steer it back uh, with some listener questions that we have. Um, first up from Rebel Trader. He asks, if Worlds was tomorrow, what are you bringing? So what's your deck for Worlds if Worlds is tomorrow? Uh, based on what we've seen so far, I feel like Vigilance has the, as a faction, has the most complete kit. They've got that one card that's like a nice, solid, hard removal. They've got some big booties. 
they've got some uh, uh, shield stuff, so probably some kind of Luke Skywalker Vigilance deck. But I know in my heart I'd rather play Leia. I just I just don't know if the support's there yet. What about you? What do you play? I know. I predict Darth Vader. <laughs> Darth Vader. That's it. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> taking Vader. I'm taking Imperial Interceptors and Open Fire. Um, we're rocking Death Star Stormtroopers and TIE Fighters and Probe Droids and Cell Block Guards. And maximum Firepower. I am your father. You are going to be giving me cards or giving yourself damage with the three cards you have in your deck. So, um I'm taking Vader if Worlds is tomorrow. Ask me again after Four Alarm comes out and we'll see what happens. Um, which is another character I really like. Um, and then your buddy, Slip Capone. Shout out to Dice Throne, I believe. Um, yep, I believe absolutely. I believe he's played in your Dice Throne leagues. He asks, which character and their matching vehicle or starship would you like to see as separate units? So, well, obvious since we've already talked about the ship that I most want to see in the game, I feel like Darth Maul and his Sith infiltrator is sort of like the obvious answer for me. And uh, normally I try to subvert expectations, but this time I'm not going to. I want to see Darth Maul and his Sith infiltrator 10,000%. I love the way that ship looks so much. Uh, how about you, man? What, uh, what pilot ship pairing are you looking forward to? This is a good one. Um, hmm. I gotta think about this for a second. I think um, separate units. That's what throws it off for me is the the separate units thing. Um, I think I'm gonna go with this is gonna be a little all uh, Grease from uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor and the Mantis. I'll go with. Grease and the Mantis. So Grease is the, the pilot of the Mantis for most of the time. Um, and your choices are always so much cooler than mine. <laughs> like these indie rock obscure characters, and I'm like, Darth Maul. No, Darth Maul's awesome. <laughs> I get it. Um, I just, the uh, I really like those games and the story those games are telling. And um, I'd like to see that medium brought into the game. So I'm gonna be reaching for that stuff when questions like this is asked because we haven't seen any of that stuff yet right uh and then he has a second part to his question further to this would you like to see them as one card also like so you get a slave one card but like boba fett is like the space unit with slave one So I would like to, at some point, eventually see a pilot mechanic where it almost works the way upgrades do, where you could play a pilot. Maybe they have to interplay on the ground and then they can jump into the ship, but you combine the two cards in some kind of way. I think that would be kind of cool, or even playing them directly into the ship. I'm not thrilled about the idea of having a card that says this is the Millennium Falcon and at this time it's being piloted by Ray. Right. That, I don't know. I, Boba Fett and Slave One, I think, makes a lot more sense than the example I just said for that kind of pairing. But again, I think I'd rather see that handled through some sort of pilot mechanic where I get to pick the version of Boba Fett that I want and put it into Slave One if that's what I want to do. Right. Uh, I think do you have thoughts on the idea of a two units on one card kind of idea? I think that's a little messy. I think I'd rather see what, what you suggested as like a, a piloting mechanic, um, how that would work. I don't really know, but the, having the two units in one car, I think just feels messy. Um, but to answer the question, I'm going to go with, uh, Dengar and punishing one. So Dengar's a bounty hunter and that his ship is the punishing one. So go with that, that is a cool ship name. It is a cool ship name. And he, if you know, in the comics, he uh, housed Chewbacca, like, hand-to-hand, like, messed him up. So, don't mess with Dengar. Uh, okay. 
Slip Capone said he would go with uh, General Veer's and Blizzard 1 for both of his answers, both his individual units and one unit. Um, shout out to Slip. Always appreciate that dude's thoughts. So we have a question from Jedi Geek Girl from the I Rebel podcast. Who would be the heroism version of Krennic? And what would their card look like? So I kind of so I kind of feel like we already have the heroism version, right? We have Luke, who is heroism vigilance, right? So he's already the the heroism version of that. I was thinking like, uh, mechanically, I agree with you, but I was trying to think like thematically, like who's oh. kind of like a military commander, like on the rebellion side. So Mon Mothma came to mind, but that doesn't feel exactly right. Akbar kind of seems like he floats in, in that where they're, they're like a commander, but it's not like. Mon Mothma is too much of a hot shot. Like Krennic's a little bit more like middle management thematically man i don't know mechanically wise i i agree with you and that's an easier way to answer the question but i i can't think of who like a a named like middle management rebel uh military leader would be maybe um trying to i want to get his name right um Sorry, I'm trying to get his name. Colonel uh, Riken. The old man who delivers the PowerPoint presentation in episode four. Uh, General Riken. Um, he's the dude that talks to uh, like Leia on that Echo Base in Hoth. Right, he's like the guy working with her. Um, so maybe like someone like, like him would be like the, sure. the other version of that. If you're just trying to think, though, like in the movie Rogue One, um, I'm not sure if Reekin's in Rogue One. I kind of think you would have to be, right? Like that character, if he was like on Hoth, oh. that was a big deal. What about Saw? Because he's kind of like a little bit of a loose cannon the way Krennic kind of does his own thing. He doesn't really have a lot of clout within the Rebellion, but he's still an important figure. Like Saw Guerrera might be like a, a thematic uh, counterpoint to Krennic. I'm good with that. Yeah, let's go with that. Saul Guerrero. That's a great answer. Okay. I feel like. Shout out I'm also. I'm happier with that than anything else we've said. <laughs> yeah. Also, shout out to the art for Ben Thick Two Tubes, which was one of Saul Guerrero's dudes that FFG released. Did you see that artwork? It was one, like, so yeah. FFG does their art teases. Ben Thick Two Tubes looked awesome. Um, crack. That was for the High Rebel. Um, I'm just checking to see if we have any questions anywhere else. Well, as always, we appreciate uh, any listeners that want to throw something out there for us to chit chat about that isn't talking about math equations on cards featured on dead TCGs from 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it for the listener questions uh, this week. Um any other closing remarks or arguments or anything you want to hit before we close this one down? No, this was a fun one. It uh, Reviewing cards is one of the most fun parts of any card game. And I like staking out bold claims on this will be good or this will be bad. Uh, and then seeing if I'm actually right once the cards come out. So I had a great time today doing that, man. And I appreciate you taking the time to sit down and, and push through this stack of cards with me. Yeah. Anytime. And um, I'll say for anybody listening, if you could um, rate the show like on iTunes, wherever you're listening to the podcast, like and subscribe on YouTube, you know, all that stuff helps um, trying to get people excited about Star Wars Unlimited as much as we are. Um, we appreciate all the feedback and uh, reception we've got this far. It's been pretty good so far, I think, for for where the game's at. So excited to see where we go from here. 
Yeah. And next time, hopefully we'll have Dan here to uh, keep us on track a little bit better. Yeah. I think he would have went down that rabbit hole with us because he played, right? He probably, probably, like, <laughs> he probably has like sleeved at home in his closet, a, a brain, like a competitive brainiac deck ready to go. With he his he could have explained the equation to us. Yeah. The old <laughs> TI 84 he's got ready to go at all times. So, um, all right, man. Well, at that point, I think we've wrapped things up. So, uh, until next time, we'll see you in the arenas.